Hello and welcome once again to Rasslin' Memories on Pioneer 90.1 FM, KSRQ, online, RadioNorthland.org, and you can check us out live and in the moment on the TuneIn. TuneIn app. It's, it's easy. It's free. It's awesome. Hi, Glenn Brockett with you once again. We're going to be talking some pro wrestling here in this uh, edition. We are going to look back on the life of a very, very important part of the, at least the past 40 years of pro wrestling history. This guy definitely had a role and we're going to talk about his life and career. We're talking about the late, great Lanny Poffo, who passed away here uh, at the beginning of February, uh, at the age of 68, which was just kind of a, just an utter shock considering uh, this guy just had such a zest for life. Uh, Mike McCurdy, my co-host, uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, really, uh, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to cover here on this edition of Wrestling Memories. Oh, definitely. And we definitely want to talk about uh, the life and times of Lanny Poffo. Uh, I was a fan. I was a fan of his. You know, obviously the WWF years. You know, leaping Lanny Poffo and and the and the poems and you know the frisbee and then of course later mm-hmm. on is the genius. That's what I remember Lanny Poffo as. I've been listening to a lot of the podcasts and a lot of people talking about him. Uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg was a guest on uh, with Brian Solomon. They talked about. It. So I've been learning a lot more about yeah. Lanny the wrestler, Lanny the man. So I'm looking forward to today's show. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's been kind of fun. Because a few years back, we uh, George Shire and I had Atlanta on the program, and we didn't even get to the WWE. We barely even got into Memphis. We were talking so much about his early life and career and family. It was just such a fascinating conversation. We Big regret was not following up and uh, doing some more more talking, but then it wasn't that all that long after that I think he ended up getting uh, into the podcasting game. So he had his own little thing going on, but... Man, it was one of those things where we, uh, you know, basically got, put the mics on, got put, hit the record, and all of a sudden it was an hour gone. It was just that fascinating and that absorbing. It was just that. That's my recollection of Lanny. And following, uh, you know, get you know, thanks to YouTube, there is some stuff you can watch with him and through the various promotions, of course, uh, in the Mid South, and of course the promotion uh, that his father ran. But, I mean, a lot of good stuff there. I think uh, for people now who are considered wrestling fans, go check out some of his stuff. But, Mike, we could sit around and say, check out this, check out that. But why don't we get to our guest who definitely uh, is a great source uh, for some good stuff and memories sharing about uh, the life and career of one Lanny Poffo. Well, definitely, man. I reached out to our guest and asked if he'd like to join us today and talk about, you know, Lanny Poffo. But not just Lanny the wrestler, you know. Our guest was a very good friend of his, so we're going to learn a lot about, you know, Lanny, you know, the person, Lanny the man, as I have said. I know it sounds a little weird to say it that way, but, you know, that's kind of what we're going to discuss, along with his career, obviously, in uh, Mm -hmm. professional wrestling. Our guest has been on here a few times before, and I'm sure he'll be on here many times in the future. He's always a great guest to have on, regardless of the topic. So today, to talk about his friend Lanny Poffo is our guest, Mr. Evan Ginsberg. Evan, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks, guys. I'm sorry it's not for a happier occasion, but uh, here we are. Mm. You know, yeah. Remembering someone doesn't necessarily have to be a sad occasion. I, I would, I always try to make sure that we pay tribute to, you know, the guys that passed because if you don't, then there's nothing recorded about them, and eventually, you know, things can be forgotten. So. If you look at it in a positive way, we're remembering him so that future generations will know more about Lanny Poffo. Yeah, absolutely. 
So Evan, as we said, you know we're gonna we'll talk about Lanny's uh, wrestling career. Obviously, you know his father Angelo Poffo, his brother uh, Randy Poffo, better known as Randy Savage. But you were a good friend to Lanny's. Let's talk a little bit about kind of just Lanny as you know Lanny the person. I'm, I'm not going to keep saying what? Lanny the man, but <laughs> Lanny was a people person. Lanny was fan friendly. Lanny would say to me. And, and let me let me just um, briefly segue. Um, as a wrestling agent, I booked Lanny many times, and on many an occasion, there was Lanny sleeping in my living room. You know, my wife cooking breakfast, lunch, dinner for him, or whatnot. And um, over decades, we just bonded, and um, he loved people. He um, he told me, as a kid, I forget who it was, but he asked somebody for an autograph, and they said no, and it was a very painful, uncomfortable experience. And he he never said no to fans who asked for autographs, and uh, he he just liked people. And he used to say, you know, Evan, I'm not a tough guy. You know, I never got into a uh, fight in a bar like so many of the wrestlers did and uh, I would just go back to my hotel room after the show and save my money and you know not risk getting into any situations and, and he, he just liked people and he always would say I saw the world on the promoter's dime and whenever he went somewhere new I booked them into England, for example, for a, a convention a while back. And, you know, there he was at Penny Lane and, you know, various Beatles, you know, uh, landmarks and such. And I booked them into Baltimore and there he was at Edgar Allan Poe's grave. He was a, <laughs> a very, very intelligent guy who had a love of history and literature and you know, not only did he write his own poems for wrestling, he could rattle off epic, lengthy poems by memory. He had an encyclopedic memory. For example, Casey at the Bat. If anybody knows the old baseball poem, Lanny could just do it word for word, you know, and it went on for like 20 minutes, you know. So part of that genius gimmick was legit. The guy had an encyclopedic memory and... Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure part of his brain was actually functioning on a genius level because I was a writing an English major, and I certainly couldn't rattle off, you know, epic poems or even short poems, for that matter. So uh, Lanny was an eclectic, interesting person, and uh, he would do a mantra. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. You go seeds and sprouts and veggies and you know whatever else. You go. I don't put anything unhealthy into my body, and that's part of why this is so shocking and painful. Because anybody that really knew him expected him to live to a ripe old age, like his father and mother did. So. Um, you know, this this was really very uh, out of left field. Lanny went to a Broadway show on a Wednesday night. He went to see Wicked, you know, 
big hit on Broadway in New York. He's outside the theater, you know, smiling, happy. Next morning, massive heart attack, and he's gone. Just shocking, absolutely shocking. Now, looking back at your your friendship with, Lenny, you know, what's like one of your favorite stories about him? <laughs> um, one night, he was wrestling on an indie that I booked him into on Long Island, and he hands me his wallet. He hands me his wallet for safekeeping. <laughs> and if anybody understands the wrestling business, <laughs> this is not a normal scenario, you know. Not not everybody trusts everybody, certainly not with their wallet. So so that says something about the relationship and uh it also says something about wrestling <laughs> that he wouldn't leave the wallet in the dressing room or whatnot. But uh Oh, I, I just love the guy. He was a good guy and, um, you know, fun. He was fun-loving. He always, oh, let's, let's go see this, uh, you know, landmark. Let's go, you know, let's, let's have dinner with... It wasn't even with the wrestlers. He, he loved the fans. He liked meeting people. I'll tell you a great Lanny story. Um, I was associate producer on The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke and... Uh, I did a half dozen or so casting calls. So I bring Lanny in to read for Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, the director, and um, Aronofsky likes him. Everybody liked him. <laughs> so, but, but Aronofsky, after the fact, goes, Evan, he looks too healthy. He looks, he looks too healthy, you know, because the movie was very dark. And if you remember that autograph scene... Um, you know, the guys were all shot and La he goes, Lanny just doesn't fit, you know, he's just not right for the part, Evan, as much as I, you know, like him and whatnot. So, uh, Lanny found it very amusing that he didn't get a part in a movie because he looked too good for the movie. Irony. Now, one thing I found out, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of the, uh, the podcasts about, uh, Lanny, a lot of people and paying tribute to him, is, you know, he started in 1974 wrestling uh, Wayne Cowan in his debut match, and he worked a lot of territories. A lot of people think, you know, that, you know, they know the Memphis area, and he worked with his father and his brother in ICW. I didn't realize that he had actually worked in Portland. I was told that he wrestled as, I believe it was Lanny Holiday, but he wrestled in the Portland territory. Um as far as the territory, you know, how long had you actually known him as, you know, in his wrestling career? I met Lanny 30 years ago at the Sam Muchnick uh, tribute in St. Louis that Dr. Mike Leno put on. And uh, basically, I knew him from the 90s on. So I don't know every minute detail of his career prior, but I can tell you that Lanny and Randy were tag champs in Detroit, you know, which people don't realize. They came in with Angelo as their uh, manager, and they were heels. And, um, yeah, they, um, they, they worked Memphis, of course. They, everybody, uh, I shouldn't say everybody, but 
People remember Randy and Jerry Lawler's big uh, feud over there, but they also worked together in um, Memphis. And Lanny was one of those guys where you just threw out a name and at some point he wrestled the guy or knew the guy or rode with the guy. You know, Lanny, Lanny's father, people, you know, everybody talks about Macho Man, but Lanny's father was a major star. He was a headliner for much of his career. Uh, like many, as he got older, he, he went a little further down on the cards. But Angelo was a main event guy, and he would uh, bring the boys on the road. And Lanny told me he was, he, as a kid, he was in Hawaii with his dad. And, uh, you know, they, they traveled the territories and knew and met everybody. You know, when you talk about great wrestling families... People tend to, you know, they always mention the Hearts, you know, and the Guerreros, and the, you know, the Hennig, the Hennigs, etc., so on. But they tend to forget that, you know, Angelo Poffo, you know, gave birth to two major, major stars who worked everywhere and virtually everyone. So uh, let me, let me, let me just say this briefly. Um, you know, you get a little too much, including from WWE, of, you know, Lanny as the less famous brother. But Lanny was very, very proud that on Saturday night's main event, he wrestled Hulk Hogan on, on NBC, and millions and millions of people watched that match. It was one of the most watched matches of all time, because it was on NBC. And... Uh, Hogan and Lanny headline Madison Square Garden. Hogan, I, I should say the genius, as the genius, wrestled throughout the WWF territory, main eventing large arenas. Hulk, um, Lanny would team with Mr. Perfect when he was managing him, Kurt Henning, and they would main event arenas together, usually against Hogan and a partner. And um, Lanny had a stellar career of his own, you know. Uh, sure, Randy Savage was a bigger name, bigger star, but that does not negate Lanny's accomplishments as a wrestler. And Lanny went well beyond just wrestling. He wrote books, um, he did motivational speeches, he acted in films. You know, Lanny um, really branched out. He, he, he was an interesting guy. and. He wasn't one of these guys where wrestling was the be all and end all, you know. Did he ever, you know, when you know, did he ever talk about you know the comparisons that people would make between him and his brother? Because I mean, obviously, two totally, you know, two different styles. I mean, and like you said, Randy Savage obviously was you know the bigger star, but that doesn't make you know Lanny less of a, a, a performer. I mean, as a kid, I always enjoyed him. I actually have one of the frisbees with the printed on uh, that you could buy at the catalog. I think I got it back in the mid '80s when you could order out of the WWF magazine. Um, I still have that. But did he ever talk about you know being compared to his brother? And if so, you know what were his, what was his take on it? There was zero sibling rivalry. He was very very proud of his brother. And um, the first time I met Lanny, I interviewed him for my old newsletter, Wrestling Then and Now, which uh, we actually turned into a documentary, which is out there right now. And um, Lanny 
would say, my brother's great, but he's also a great person. You know, my brother has great character. So again, it wasn't just about the wrestling. His brother was a minor league baseball player for the Cincinnati Reds organization. He was very, very proud of his brother. He was proud of his father. First time I met him, he said, my father broke the record for the most sit-ups in history. And I forget the exact number, it was like 2,600 something sit-ups, you know? Can you imagine? So um, Lanny was proud of his mother. He said, we were on the road and, and the mother, you know, kept things going. He loved his mother. Lanny and Randy took care of their elderly parents, you know, whatever their needs were. They were good sons. Um, Randy, people may not know, also was involved with a lot of charities. And, and Lanny never said no to, uh, you know, meeting somebody in need, helping somebody in need. I mean, it, there was no, there was no zero rivalry, you know, no jealousy, no, you know, the lesser of the two brothers. It, it just didn't exist. So, uh, which is to, which is to Lanny's credit, and Lanny would even go out of his way to tell me and tell others, and he would say, "My brother always looked out for me." Lanny had a contract in WCW to wrestle as a gorgeous George type. I think they even had the rights to the name. Lanny dyed his hair blonde, and they never used him. And they sent them a check. They sent them a check for years. Randy hooked that up. So he was always grateful. And um, yeah, the, the, I, I think it's unfortunate that the media and the fans sort of present him as the lesser of the two brothers, which is not, you know, no way to uh, honor somebody, especially right after they pass. But uh, like I said, Lanny had a very distinguished career, went beyond wrestling, and was a good human being first and foremost. And if you see throughout quote-unquote wrestling media, social media. There's such an outpouring of love and respect for this guy. I mean, the, it's really very moving, really very moving. Multiple tribute shows. Um, J.P. Zarka from ProWrestlingStories.com, um, the owner of that. That's a great site. And... Um, he did the Genius Cast with Lanny Papo, a, uh, a um, podcast series. So there's hour after hour of Lanny just pouring his heart out and great memories. And, you know, Lanny's been documented. Let's put it that way. Uh, a lot of the old legends, um, pre-Hokamania pre era, history was not kind to them. There's not a... Like I, I'm working on a book on John Tolis. I love John Tolis. A lot of young people go, who's John Tolis? They don't even know who he is. And there's very little footage of it. Lanny, you have the WWE quote-unquote network on Peacock or whatnot. And uh, 
there's tons of Lanny matches, and there's endless, endless uh, shoot videos and interviews with him. Uh, I was a produ I was an associate producer on 350 Days. Lanny's in that as well. Incredibly well spoken, you know, from the heart. And um, I'll tell you something ironic, really ironic. Um, there's a show called Autopsy out of, it's produced out of England, ITV. And they did an episode on Roddy Piper. They interviewed me, they interviewed Lanny. And we're on the same show called Autopsy right after Lanny passes. It's really sort of surreal and disconcerting in a way. But, uh, it, you know, it's, it's also very nice to be linked together on something, quote unquote, for eternity, because there we both are on the same show that just came out a week or two ago. So, uh, yeah, I, I just love the guy. You know, I, I, I don't even know how to put into words. Um, he was always fun. He was always kind. He was always giving to the fans. You know, and um, in his own way, in his own way, you know, that genius gimmick was tremendous. Totally over. And um, he left a mark, you know, far more than many. And, uh, you know, if less than his brother, he had, he had no, you know, issues with that. So uh, I, I hope I'm not rambling because it's all very painful and emotional. And also, um, I don't know how to put this, but it just kind of ran through my, my head like a loop for the past two, three weeks since it happened. I mean... This is a guy who would sleep on my couch time and time again. And uh, I, I really can't even wrap my, my head around the fact that the guy's gone. It's really very difficult. You mentioned ProWrestlingStories.com. You, you wrote a very a great piece on uh, Lanny for that site. And for our listeners who may be interested, uh, Wrestling Then and Now, the documentary you mentioned, can actually be streamed uh, on Tubi. So it's a free site. As well yes. as the documentary Three Hundred and Fifty Days, which I've seen both and I read the piece, and you know that's the type of stuff I love. I love the I love watch reading about the history and the stories from the guys and all. Because like I said, if you don't put these pieces out, if you don't make these films or the podcast, the interviews, you, this stuff is going to be forgotten, and that's not fair or even close to being fair to the guys that worked in that ring, not just Lanny, but everyone before him and after him. So, great movies, like I said, both available on Tubi, as well as ProWrestlingStories.com. Great stories on there. And the piece you wrote about Lanny, uh, very well done. I mean, even I kind of, like, teared up a little bit, because it was obviously you talking about a friend. When you were writing that piece, you know, what was going kind of through you as you were writing it, just, like, emotionally and kind of thinking about your friend Lanny? Uh, honestly, I, I was just numb. I was numb. I, uh... I wrote it the day he passed, um, and it was almost surreal writing about him in the past tense. I had just spoken to him 
maybe a week to 10 days before. I lose track of time. Um, and let me say this. Lanny would just call, you know, just to say hi. You know, not do you have bookings for me? What can you do for me? Which, which is generally the way this business works. It's like, how are you? How's your wife? You know, what's going on? Come visit me in Ecuador. He had moved to Ecuador. He was very happy there. And um, let, 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 me, let me just say this. Um, Lanny traveled the world. He was with beautiful, beautiful women. Um, he did what he loved to do. He had interesting experiences, you know, in all kinds of media and uh, interesting friends all around the world. He had a good life. He really had a good life. And that's the saving grace. Um, but there's always that asterisk just like with Nikolai, who also, Nikolai Volkov, who also was a quote-unquote, quote-unquote health nut, that we all expected them to live much, much longer. That's the painful part of it. You somehow feel like you, him, his family, his friends, his fans, were cheated out of 20 or 30 years because... You never would, you, know, you never would have expected him to um, have gone at sixty-eight or Nikolai at seventy-one, and uh, it's very hard to um, really wrap your head around it so soon after. But um, with the exception of the WWE coldly not giving him a ten-bell salute or photograph or whatnot on their TV. Um, I'm very grateful to the wrestling media and the wrestling fans and social media for acknowledging him because he deserves it. He deserves it as a wrestler. He deserves it for his families, you know, giving to the business for 50 plus years. He deserves it for being a great person, a great person. Okay, first and foremost, and um, you know, um, what I'm saying here, J.P. Zarka was heartbroken. Other friends I've spoken to are heartbroken. He touched a lot of lives. It, it wasn't just entertaining people. It was more than poems and frisbees and matches. He really touched a lot of people, and... Um, He'll be remembered for that as well. And uh, he was a father and a grandfather and a good son and a good brother, etc. so on. Check off all the boxes. You know, he lived his life. He lived it well. And there's, you know, it's not a bad word I could say about the guy. And I didn't see anybody else you know, expressing anything like that either. And uh, in the wrestling business, it's not that complicated to separate the good guys from the bad guys. 
you know, word gets around. So I'm glad Lanny, um, you know, left his mark in such a positive way. And uh, it's comforting that you could literally, you could literally sit on YouTube for the next 24, 48, 72 hours, 96 hours, whatnot. Watch Lanny Poffo interviews, uh, matches, etc. so on. Documentaries, etc. So, I mean, he, he'll live forever because of this. He came at the right time. Many peers of his, even his own dad, Angelo Poffo, there's not a mountain content out there okay so he came at the right time and he'll always be there if you want to watch and enjoy him or even learn from him i mean listen to some of these interviews and shoot interviews he, he doesn't hold back about the biz uh, one thing about Laddie, he was not bitter he wasn't bitter he uh you know they paid me what they paid me, and, and I saw the world, and I had a great time. I saved my money, you know. He, um, he, he had a very different mindset than many. And, you know, not to, not to say that many aren't rightfully bitter, because some of these promoters are dirtbags, but, but uh, Lanny, uh, very positive, upbeat guy. He even said to me at one point, I don't like to put a bad thought in my head. Like he wanted to keep his body and his mind, you know, positive at all times, clean and positive. So whether it was 68 or 108 years, those 68 years, he lived well. The guy lived well. And not as you know, not everybody in wrestling ends well. Lanny enjoyed his life and uh, it was a beautiful life and it was a meaningful one and uh, again I hope I'm not rambling or boring your listeners I'm, I'm just speaking from the heart I, you know, I love the guy that's all I could say alright I'm going to pass the microphone over to you alright uh, we're with our guest Evan Ginsberg looking back on the life and career of Lanny Poffo and uh yeah, let's go back to this. I, I listened to this. I really did enjoy his podcast, uh, the Genius Cast with Lanny Poffo. Uh, I thought the only thing I thought was it, it, it didn't run as long as I would have liked it to, but he had so many great guests. I think I just felt I was getting a little too spoiled, but you definitely can hear Lanny and his camaraderie with uh, these guys, guys that he went up and down the road with, guys, territory kids, you know, all kinds. I mean, when you talk with the hacksaw Jim Duggan, who was a dear friend, those were just kind of fun conversations where it wasn't just hitting, barraging with questions and trying to find controversy. It was just one of those really great podcast where you go where you don't have to hear all the same old crap and bullet points that a lot of people on social media like to you know get that divide going he it wasn't lanny's thing but it was just one of those things i was like man i wish it would have been more the one thing that lanny did not approve of and was vocal about he said that when he was a young wrestler there were some not a lot some wrestlers who took advantage of rookies and really, uh, you know, hurt them in the ring, you know, intentionally, were too stiff, too brutal. And that was one point that, you know, he would he would bring up. And, um, you know, he, 
he said, you know, like many, the role of a quote-unquote jobber, and wrestlers don't like that term, the mm -hmm. role is you're putting over somebody. You're, you're helping to build somebody's career. So you're trusting them with your body. And when they betray that trust, you know, that he objected to. That was one of the ugly sides of the industry. But it was, you know, few and far between. I, there were, it wasn't a laundry list of guys. But um, he, um, for the most part, he, like, he loved the business, you know, uh, in, spite of, in spite of its flaws. He mm -hmm. took advantage, and I say this in a positive way, you know, like I said, he, there were times he made good money, very good money. He saved it. He uh, enjoyed his retirement or semi-retirement the last few years. And, um, you know, uh, the best success is the best revenge, as they say. So, uh <laughs> He For sure. Did, he, he, there are people very, very bitter towards the business. Lanny was not one of them. No, no, not at all. He never, never seemed to be uh, too, too far down. But you know, Lanny passed away, and it wasn't all that long after that uh, a guy, you know, Jerry Jarrett passed away. And when you think about the Jarretts and the Poffos, you think about the stuff in Memphis, but you also think of, got to go back to, to Angelo's territory, you know, the territory he was running, ICW, International Championship Wrestling, because these guys were throwing shots over at the Memphis boys for a while before they kind of got together and realized, hey, we can make some money. Uh, you know, this was the ultimate outlaw company. I mean, not only uh, putting the finger up the NWA, but, you know, doing their own thing. But also starting this this feud in Memphis. I mean, this was something where those guys would come out to the shows. And, you know, they were looking for uh, the attention, of course. But this is one of those things that was just so organic, you know, in the era now of everything, you know, with storylines and scripts, man. I kind of like going back and reading or watching on YouTube some of that stuff from those days where it was a little more footloose, fancy free, and you know you may have had a few bullet points to hit, but you were uh, you were off and running. If you had the emotion, you passed, you got over. Oh yeah, and and what people don't realize is um, Lanny and Randy regularly wrestled each other, mm -hmm. but those were kayfabe days, so the fans. Many were not aware that they were brothers. So they're feuding on top in ICW and uh, having these grudge matches. And, you know, it's, it, it, was a, it was a different time. Um, I, I, I go back. I, I've been watching wrestling since 1972 and attending since 74. Oh. And um, I, when, when I see people, fans, you know, very critical of that era... Oh, they just punched and kicked, and they, they didn't understand the mindset of the fans back then. It was a blue-collar, um, you know, fan base who, for the most part, were not, quote-unquote, smartened up, and it was pre-internet, obviously, and people believed, people believed. So when Randy Savage was wrestling Lanny Poffo, <laughs> there was, you know, they, they, they weren't aware that these guys were brothers, you know, it was, it was a, a great feud, ironically, so, uh, yeah, Lanny looked back at those times with fondness, um, mm -hmm. 
you know, even though the money wasn't there, it was his father's promotion, and you know, they were they were good times. He was a kid. He was a teenager. You know. So, you know, uh, and it wasn't all that long, you know, they were tearing up Memphis and then they get this ultimate break. I mean, for all these years, the lean years and all of that, that, you know, getting up into, the, you know, getting their talents recognized, signing up with the WWF and being able to have the platform where you can be international. That had to have been its own reward in and of itself too, oh, an earned one too, for both not only Randy's emergence in the Federation, but also Lanny. Well, you know, again, it goes back to me. You know, Lanny wasn't a, a main event, uh, you know, for the most of the part of in the, in the WWF, but he still had an important role. He still had a presence, and we still remember him from whatever matches. It didn't matter if he won or lost. It's just Lanny had the he had his own little personality thing, and it was kind of cool when he uh, ended up doing the heel genius run because it got to really uh, sh- he got to really shine and kind of show his intellect. Yeah, he was very proud of uh, the genius, and he. Uh he always spoke of Kurt Henning with a mix of awe and melancholy because mm-hmm. he, he, he would say to me, he was great. He was great. And you have to understand, this is coming from somebody who worked everybody. He was like, Kurt Henning was great, but he died so young. So it was also tragic. Tragic. Mm-hmm. So uh, whenever Lanny spoke about Kurt, it was like this two sides of like wow and how awful that it ended that way mm-hmm. now who would you say would be on Lanny's short list of guys that you know he really loved to talk about or guys he would think it was in his you know the, all the people he knew and stuff the guys that he was probably closer to as the years moved on especially when you got to know him you started booking him for these events who were some of the guys that he really really got on with i mean he was probably got along with everybody because he had that personality but who were the guys that you could tell that there was there was years in roads traveled he loved nikolai and uh, he would say what a nice man like like like, like almost with like <laughs> you know because it not everybody is in that business. It's a ruthless, cutthroat business in many scenarios. But he would go, what a nice man. And when Nikolai died, I'll never forget. I mean, I was very close with him also. And uh, Bret Hart publicly, Bret Hart publicly said, quote, Nikolai Volkov was the nicest man I ever met in pro wrestling. Imagine, out of thousands and thousands of people that Bret Hart worked with, all over the world Bret Hart wrestled. Nikolai Volkov. And Lanny said, Lanny pretty much said the same thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, um, Lanny Lanny liked Greg Valentine. They did a lot of uh, bookings together. Uh, he, uh, he, he He didn't even have any beef with Vince. I mean, that's amazing. I, I, could, I could do an hour on things I don't like about Vince, but Lanny, uh, Lanny, he, it was not a huge list of guys that, you know, Lanny had heat with. He, he, he told me, he told me uh, when he was breaking in, Ox Baker hit him so hard, he thought his chest caved in. And, and that he remembered. And, you know, that, that he did not appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some issue with Adrian Adonis. I, I forget it. I, I think I think back when Lanny was putting all these guys over, 
some guy, you know, you're really supposed to say thank you and I appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some of these guys didn't indicate that or show that. But, um, you know, for the most part, Lanny, uh, you know, would walk into a convention and you know, greet everybody and hug everybody and smiling and it, was, it wasn't a long list of guys he had to eat with, that I could tell you. The guy could work the room, and you know, and it'd be genuine, and he'd but get was, that love back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll tell you who he loved. He loved okay. Rick, Rick Martel. Rick Martel. All right. Yeah, Rick Martel and Nikolai were like at the top of his list. Just, just like what a good guy. What, what an honest, straightforward, good guy. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. It was. So- um, Lanny, um, Lanny knew and met and wrestled pretty much everybody, and he liked Jay Lethal. He had no heat with Jay Lethal. Yeah, I was, was going to say gimmick. that. That was kind of like the, uh, the the thing they did at the big event where uh, he he kind of passed it along, and they kind of shared the bond uh, uh, through by you know kind of vicariously through his brother and through Lanny himself. That was a kind of a cool moment, and you know, for Lanny, I I have to really really. Uh, point out just how strong of a person he was considering all of the the grief and and, i mean it wasn't that big of a period of time where you know he he lost his brother he lost his father and he lost his mother i mean to go through all all, that it was all within 10 years yes how can how i mean geez that's got to be something about him because he he managed i mean uh, of course everybody is going to have some down days but it just seemed like he held it together for the most part. He was—he really took seriously being the spokesperson when Randy died, you know, and being a spokesperson for the family, you know. But it, there had to have been some times where it, it must. I mean, there's a lot of lot to unload there. I mean, that's a lot of baggage losing all those loved ones in that period of time. It's. Oh, I he, mean, just he, losing one would be enough to. But I mean, it. It almost. I mean, it wiped out the the core of his family. Like, like I said, uh, he was very close with all of them. And this, this isn't me doing PR for a friend or spinning. He was very close with his family. He adored his mother. And uh, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. But like I said, he was one of these guys who accentuate the positive and, you know, keep your head up and, you know, seize the day and, it was just his personality to not I mean there's people if, if, if you lost if you lost your brother father and mother within years of each other you'd crawl into a hole or drink or drug yourself to death that wasn't Lanny that just Lanny was all about clean living and positive thinking so he handled it as best as you could handle something like that I mean you know, he grieved like anybody else, believe me, but uh, he... Um, it was almost he, like he, he shed his skin and he had this second life where he decided, you know, when he was just him, he decided, you know what, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to be more out, I'm even more outgoing, but I'm going to move to Ecuador. What did you, what was your reaction when he mentioned that he was going to do, to move over there and, uh, you know, and, and, and take on uh, this other phase of his life? Well... He was looking at it as a retirement paradise. Uh. At first, he was in a co-op along the beach. 
you know, and uh, you'd walk out and there's the ocean and the sand and whatnot. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he was 68. He wasn't a kid. I mean, he looked great for his age, but people forget, you know, you're pushing 70 and he wanted a certain laid back, leisurely lifestyle. And, uh, you know, he, he really did his research and scouted it out. And, you know, it wasn't just like, hey, I'm moving to Ecuador tomorrow. Mm -hmm. He visited prior and liked it. And the people were very warm and friendly. And, uh, and those was, women. And the women Evan, were beautiful. And those pictures of those women with Lanny. I love looking yeah. at Lanny's post every day, whether he was off traveling or gallivanting. But boy, oh boy, man. You know, Lanny was a handsome man, but boy, oh boy, it didn't matter what age. He was a hand. He, he really knew how to how to just woo and kind of just uh, make them girls smile. Yeah, he was fluent in Spanish and he, oh, uh, you know, outgoing, friendly, intelligent, funny. I, I mean, I, I mean, what's not to like, you know, <laughs> plus uh, successful, famous. You know, you know, I mean, what's not to like if you're a woman, you know, you follow? It's, Absolutely, uh, man. Yeah. You know, and, I, I have to ask before I go, I, I um, give it back to uh, Mike. Uh, uh, one of the things I've, I remember I was watching late night TV, must have been like the, the early 2000s. And of course, you know, uh, after uh, some networks like to just throw in infomercials. But I was watching because, you know, Tony Little, I mean, the guy is just an interesting creature. You see him on TV for a little bit, you're going to watch. I don't know if I'm going to buy the gazelle, but I'm watching and there's a testimonial and there's a video and he's, and I'm looking. And, and, and then they show his name on the screen. God, that's Lanny Poffo. Lanny was yeah. on that gazelle and he was making, he was telling his story about his back problems and, you know, from the years in the ring and how this gazelle was working out. He was selling, man, I, I was, you know, I have thought that, you know, three months down the road, Lanny was going to start selling exercise equipment or something on those late night shows because he that little cameo man was just I, I thought it was impressive i mean for a tony little infomercial that they probably played into the ground i found some amusement in it yeah L lanny uh lanny was not shy he uh he, he 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 got his hand in everything he even did voiceover work there's a program called kings of the ring um where he was one of the characters and uh you know he um he wanted to experience everything, and uh, you know, he instead of saying no, he said yes. <laughs> and uh, to his credit, you know, it, I, I hate to throw out a cliche, but it was a, a life well lived. A life well lived. Um, he saw the world, met great people, created great memories, uh, had wonderful friends who are all mourning him and uh, yeah. you know I, I'm I'm blessed to have met him and uh, and I um, I have a book coming out it's called wrestling rings blackboards and movie sets and uh, I dedicate the book to Lanny that's that's mm. how highly I think of him man and uh, it's been a, a tough couple of weeks and uh, I'm getting emotional just saying this. Yeah, you know, he is a good guy. I mean, if you could sum it up in a few words, in Hollywood they call it hot high concept. Can you sum it up in ten <laughs> words or less? Sure. Lanny Poffo was a good guy. 
that's, that's the best. That's as simple and direct, you know, as as you can make it. And uh, you know, I I was blessed to have known him. I, I I can't believe he's gone. I'm grateful to you guys for doing this. It's far more than WWE did. And uh, you know, thank you, thank you for uh, asking me. It's for sure. In its own way, it's very cathartic doing this. We but, find uh, our way to healing uh, man, in, in these ways. And, and if this is one of the ways, man, I'm, I, I think it's great that we're able to connect and talk about him. I, I, I'm gonna... I, hear, I hear his voice in my head every day. Not, not hallucinating. You know, memories, no. <laughs> things he said to me, things, things we, we did together, places we went, places we traveled. Oh. You know, and uh, you know, he had a very distinctive voice, like, like a Shakespearean actor. You know, he had a big... <laughs> deep voice so uh yeah yeah i'm in the business and i envy that voice man i wish i could have more of that lanny lanny powerful voice and uh he used to say i'll leave you with this he used to say you know i'm not a genius i only play one on tv but (laughs) let me tell you you know if if you could remember a, a 20 minute poem and and rattle it off in front of an audience, you know, you know, in your sixties no less, you know. Th- th- this man was a genius. He really was. He really was. And uh, nothing but love and respect and great memories. And uh, thank you, thank you to all the fans, all the fans who acknowledged him, and uh, you know, all the media. It's it's really an, an outpouring of love and. Uh, you're not going to get that with everybody. There's some rough people in this business. Oh, for you know? sure. For so, sure. Much appreciated. Well, yeah, we do. Thank you, uh, Evan, for uh, being on the program. And, Mike, I'm going to bring you in just to, uh, in this last segment to uh, get out whatever you needed to be said here this week. Uh, again, Evan, I can't wait to uh, check out your book when it comes out. Mike, take it away. Oh, definitely. I've just got one last question, and we will obviously have Evan back on as a guest when that book comes out so we can uh, help get some sale numbers on that and hear some stories from that book. But um, I'd like to ask, we've been talking about Lanny all this hour, but uh, unfortunately there were a multitude, a few passings during that, during the time. Uh, The same day as Lanny, you know, Kenny J passed away. We recently lost Jay Briscoe, uh, Charlie Norris, and as, uh, you know, Glenn mentioned, Jerry Jarrett. In your time in the business, you know, just in your interactions, did you have any? Yeah, excuse me, new tongue. Did you have any interactions with uh, any of those men? And do you have? Oh, any- Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe. I met multiple times. I brought the Ring of Honor crew into the wrestler. We we shot the climactic scene at a Ring Ring of Honor show. Um, nothing but again, fan friendly, gracious, warm. Jay Briscoe. Um, you know, I'm. I'm older than Jay Briscoe was, and it was always sir, you know, respectful. I mean, just, and let me say this. I'm jaded. I'm jaded. I've seen the best of the best for 50 years around the world. I ranked the Briscoes top 20 tag team of all time. And if, you know, I would see Ring of Honor pretty much every New York show um, for years, for years. And the Briscoes many times would steal the show. They they were a total package. They had a unique look, great characters, great promos, great brawling, flying, 
And they could wrestle. And they could wrestle. I mean, the Briscoes were a total package. What a tragedy. 38 years old. What a tragedy. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he was acknowledged as well. You know, and respect to Tony Khan. You know, the whole fanboy WWE versus AEW, pick one team, hate the other team. It's nonsense. Respect to Tony Khan for honoring Jay Briscoe like he did. Man, because that guy deserved it. Um, the others I can't say I really had dealings with. I mean, I, I, I knew of their career and mm -hmm. respected their careers, so... You know, I'd be talking out of place, but um, Jay Briscoe, I saw and met, and uh, yeah, that was very, very sad, very sad. You know, funny story about Jay Briscoe, my son, he watches wrestling with me, and he just recently found out about the Briscoes with the uh, trio of matches they had against FTR last year. Unbelievable. And, oh, great matches. I just watched the double dog collar match again just the other day. I mean, brutal, but still amazing. But one of the commentators during a match made a comment about the Briscoes being chicken farmers. And my son went, Dad, why are they calling it? I'm like, because they're literally chicken farmers, son. They own a chicken farm. The family. Yeah. They what? I mean, my son was just like, why are they? No, because they're really chicken farmers. <laughs> I would recommend. My son was so confused. Yeah, I would recommend to any fan that appreciates quality wrestling, check out Ring of Honor. Circa 2008, 9, Nigel McGuinness and uh, oh, the yeah. Briscoes and Austin Aries and um, Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins and, and um, you know, oh, El Generico and Kevin <laughs> Steen. Okay. I wonder what happened to that El Generico guy. Yeah, what's he the, done recently? Exactly. I haven't heard from him in years. Exactly. You know... Uh, <laughs> Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, a.k.a. So, you know, I've, again, I've attended wrestling for a half century, and I tell people, with the exception of Crockett's NWA in the 80s, I don't think I ever saw better cards and better wrestling than Ring of Honor, circa the Nigel McGuinness era that I was just mentioning. And uh, so if you haven't experienced that, I really recommend you catch up on it because... Some of that wrestling was, was off the charts. And don't let the, uh, you know, the naysayers, oh, they're just just high spots and uh, no psychology. It's nonsense, nonsense. I, I saw the, um, I saw just some great, great matches. And the Briscoes really, uh, the, the best matches, the very best matches, which were Briscoe, Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk Jr., Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair level was Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson. Oh, my God. Those matches were, were, were all-time classics. It just didn't have the wide reach that a WWE or now AEW has. But um, catch up on it if you can, fans. You'll thank me. All right, Glenn, I'm going to pass it back over to you. Well, it looks like it's time for us to head on out. A big thank you to our guest, Evan Ginsberg, and of course, the co-host, my co-host, Grizzle Vet Mike McCurdy. I'm Glenn Broggett. This has been Wrestling Memories.